Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable, still from London. I think we're going to be in London for a minute. Thank you very much to everyone who reached out over the last couple days. Apparently, I sounded really, really bad in the last episode of the podcast. They were like, yeah, you said you were sick, but like, sis, you sound sick. Lay down. I'm feeling much, much better. Thank you for all your care and concern and healthy wishes. I'm still not 100%, but I'm, I'm much better. And I've been out and about with my mask on. I laid in the bed for a couple days, but then I kind of found laying in the bed left me feeling like a lump. I actually feel better when I, I go out and about and, and do things. And I had stuff booked. And I was like, look, like some of this stuff I booked way in advance. Like I went to a Bilal concert. I booked that from back when I was still living in South Africa. And the concert was amazing, by the way. Really small venue, super, super intimate. I felt like Bilal was singing on the other side of my living room. His voice is still so amazing. He's one of my favorite artists. I posted on my, actually on my platforms, I posted video of him singing sometimes. If you want to see what Bilal sounds like now, it's on any of my social media pages, at Demetria L. Lucas, across all platforms. And then I also had tickets to... There's an exhibition called Diva at the Victorian Albert Museum. I think I told y'all about how I tried to go see it before and the tickets were sold out. That day at the museum, I booked tickets to see it when I got back from Portugal. Totally worth the wait. I was expecting to see an exhibit about divas and fashion. I was very much looking forward to the clothes, but it was so much more than that. It was a really great exhibition, fashion and music and history but also challenging the term diva because initially it was used in a very negative way. The early divas were women who, mostly singers, who traveled and were very famous and had a whole bunch of money. And because they didn't have to rely on men for survival, they stopped playing into the ways that women are quote and unquote supposed to act. They asked for what they wanted. They said no. They pushed agendas that centered women or centered themselves 
as equal to or even above men. And they were given a really negative reputation for that. But the core thread, I would say, for every woman who was featured, and we're talking about women from early 1800s all the way up to today, is that they were women who gained platforms and pushed, I don't even want to say an agenda, but they advocated for themselves and advocated for women in general. Every single woman who was featured had that in common. And pushing those boundaries, trying to advance women, it cost them hell, sometimes social, sometimes financial, sometimes professional, but it's why we remember them. They didn't fall in line. They didn't go with the status quo. They colored outside the lines, to be very cliche, but that's why they are remembered for doing something different than what so many other people were doing at the time or shit, even now. One thing that stood out to me is I've been to tons of museums since I've been here. One thing I love about British and European museums is how extensive they are. Like they got budgets, but they're also like very inclusive in a way that I think America rarely is. Like you're never going to go to an exhibition in America and over half of what's featured is about non-Americans. So I go to this Divas exhibit and they've got women from all over the world. But the further you get into the exhibit, it becomes one, mostly American, and then two, mostly Black American. So the downstairs level is like the people who laid the foundation. They've got some Black American opera singers in there. There's a decent sized portion dedicated to Josephine Baker. But then you go upstairs and it brings you from 1960s forward. For the most part, all the divas are Black Americans. They don't have clothing from Beyonce, but they had like a whole video montage for her. Nina Simone, Billie Holiday, Janelle Monet, Little Nas X, huge Rihanna section. Like she had at least three or four outfits. Lizzo, the exhibit was hella Black and hella American. I really felt like I was back home. And I was like, America would never. We're just not that inclusive. And also, I think, too, they gave us this headset, headphones, to walk through the exhibit. And it's motion-censored. So when you get close to an exhibit, it would start playing music from that artist. And it sits slightly off your ear so you can still hear what's going on around you. You're not, like, in a complete bubble. But I could hear and see other women, because it's almost all women in the exhibit, singing along to the other artists. And so many of the artists were American. And I was like, Americans don't do that. We're not really inclusive of other people. You know what else I think about that too all the time? It's basically just traveling in general, but especially in airports, whatever local language there is, but there's also always an English translation. You would never see that shit in America. You might get it in Spanish. You might. Anything else? Do you want your own? Or just the idea that I can like, you know, go to Portugal, right? And only know two real phrases, good morning and thank you, and be completely fine. Because there's at least one person at every restaurant that speaks fluent English. You try that shit in America, you're fucked. It's a really, it's a privilege. But it's never really kind of lost on me how so much of the world caters to us in a way that we don't reciprocate. It was a really good exhibition, though. Like, I appreciate being included. But also, I just hope everyone in Britain knows that if they ever came to the United States, if, if there was ever an exhibit on divas, you would see Elton John. And that's probably it. 
we're not gonna be inclusive in the way that y'all were inclusive to us. It's just it's not what we do as Americans. Like we're very self-centered. I struggle with that concept so much. I bristle at it because I know how fucked up it is. But then also the centering of America, the centering of English, the mass export of American culture and the way other countries embrace it pretty much means I can go anywhere in the world and still have a sense of home or belonging. Like all over Portugal, all they played was basically Black American music. If not hip-hop, then like Motown era. Most of the movies in the theaters that are advertised are American films. You go to, not so much the mall, but department stores. Most of the ads, people selling perfume, American actors, actresses, entertainers. It's comforting because it gives you a sense of familiarity. Like you might not be at home, but home is still with you. But also like other people got their own shit. And in their country, their shit should be centered. No? I still roll that around. Like I appreciate it. I know that it makes it convenient for me. I recognize the privilege of that. I just, you know, also recognize how fucked up it is. But yeah, so I saw that exhibit and I saw Bilal. And then yesterday I did nothing because I was like, I think I did a little too much. And then today, I've been in the house all day. I had to do some research stuff. I don't think I'm traveling. And as I say that, I may be lying. But I don't think I'm traveling between now and when I move to Paris. I think I'm going to be stationary for the next three weeks. Like I'm a little... I wouldn't say over it. It's it's not that. I've been bouncing around from country to country to country. And sometimes, like, I just, I don't know. I get tired of, like, foraging for food. I just want to, like, go to the grocery store and, like, know exactly what I'm getting, you know? And sometimes I just get tired of trying to, like, navigate a new train system or not speaking the language or even if people are willing to accommodate in English. I just need a little break. So I was like, I'm going to hang out in London. I think. Maybe. Because it's supposed to rain all next week. And London rain is different. Like, it's just, it don't never really get that hot here. Right now, it's, it's beautiful outside, but it's like a high of 74. This is like peak summer. Like, they'll be like, oh my God, it's a heat wave. And it'll be like 87 degrees outside. That's summer. No. But it's supposed to rain all next week. And I was like, do I really want to sit up in London where it's not even hot already? And then it's going to like pour down rain. I feel like summer will end and I'll feel like I didn't get a summer because it never really got hot. And I was like, should I just go somewhere? I was thinking about going to Spain. I really want to go to Seville. Sevilla. It's 105 degrees. I was like, okay, so I wanted it higher than 73, but I didn't need to go all the way to 105. Somebody asked me the other day, and they were like, how do you afford all this shit? And I was like, you know, it's cheap as fuck to travel around Europe once you're in Europe. It's not like I'm crisscrossing the Atlantic. Like, that's expensive. It's, it's like right there. You know, if you're in New York and you want to go to D.C., it's dirt cheap. Versus being in L.A. and trying to get to D.C., like, it's more expensive. It's the other side of the country. As opposed to it being right there. Like, I'm in London. Europe is right there. Also, like, you know, work. Like, I don't do this podcast for free, you know. I know y'all hear the ads, but sometimes y'all complain about how many of them there are. I'm like, they exist for a reason. (laughs) My friend, when I was in Paris, friend, quote unquote, got really drunk and was like interrogating me. And she was like, how do you live? Like, I don't understand. Like, what do you do? And I was like, what do you mean? What do I do? And she was like, I mean, like, what do you do? Like, how do you like live overseas? And I was like, um, I work. And she was like, but like, at what? (laughs) 
I was like, um, I have a whole podcast. And so she's like, you just live off the podcast? Yes. It's quite popular, you know. <laughs> I'm not one of those people that talks numbers very often. But numbers as in finances, numbers as in streams, numbers as in, I don't know, views and whatever else. Like when I post stuff online. But like, you know, does nicely for herself. I can afford without debt. I don't even have a credit card. I'll tell you the big key is I gave up my house. I don't pay bills. I put all my stuff in storage in my parents' basement. I have like no bills in America other than my cell phone. I think people have a difficult time because they can't fathom I actually live in these places. If I was traveling back and forth, it'd be mega expensive. It's like minimum $1,000 across the Atlantic. If you also notice the way that I travel, like when I'm in Africa, I don't really leave Africa. I was in Africa for nine months. The only time I quote unquote left Africa is when I went to the Middle East, which is right there. Again, I'm not crossing oceans. When I was in South Africa specifically, like I only really traveled in the countries around South Africa. It's really cheap once you like base yourself somewhere nearby and then go to destinations close. Like right now I'm in London. I'm only going to Europe. I'm not going to Africa and I'm not going to the U.S. or the Middle East. I'm just going in like my surrounding area. That's the big secret. I know people want it to be something so much more elaborate. No, it's not. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Oh, update from last week. We talked about Brandy being on the Walk of Fame. Apparently, she's like one of 31 people who are going to be on the Walk of Fame. Many of them black or of color, or in Gwen Stefani's case, and not of color, but I was a huge No Doubt fan. So I was like, oh, Gwen Stefani. I know she's problematic. I still like her. Chadwick Boseman is getting a star. Cheryl Lee Ralph, I could have sworn she had one. I can picture in my head Cheryl Lee Ralph on the Walk of Fame. I don't understand why she doesn't have one. I'm glad she's getting one. Tony Braxton, somebody else who I thought had one. Otis Redding, Angie Martinez, Carrie Washington. I also thought Carrie Washington already had one, but apparently not. Dr. Dre. You know how I feel about Dr. Dre. I'm like, the man is like a known woman beater. Wasn't it enough they named the whole, was it a, was it a BET award? It wasn't a BET board. It was a Grammy because I know someone who works for the Grammys and I hit them up and was like, why? Like of all people, like to name a whole award, give him an award, I guess. But to name an award after a, a known woman beater, but he's going on the walk of fame. He won't be the only woman beater up there. But like still, like where do we draw the line as a society? Like known woman beater, sure. Let's continue to celebrate him because he makes dope music. I mean, the beats are good. I literally mean the beats, the production. Headphones, they were okay. Good marketing. I have Apple ones now. Changed my life. They're amazing. But yeah, Dr. Dre is going to be on the Walk of Fame. I mean, he has created great art. He has also, like, beat the shit out of several women. People are like, you can't let it go? No. I watched they clone Tyrone this morning. I was up at the crack of dawn. 
there was a worker coming by my house. There was issues with the roof they had to fix. So I was up at the crack of dawn waiting on this guy to get here. And I was like, June 21st, something stands out. What, what am I supposed to be doing? I had literally put a calendar note in my phone to watch Netflix because John Boyega's film was coming out. There's other people in it. Jamie Foxx is in it. Tayana Paris is in it. She's so cute. I gotta rewatch it though. I was like kind of half awake and then the guy was doing work so he was like making noise so I couldn't really like get really, really into it. My attention kept waning. Like I kept doing other shit. I wasn't like fully invested in it. And I was like, I'm gonna try it again because it's John Boyega. But I also think it says something that it's John Boyega and my attention still kept wandering off. I'm not like an ADHD. Like when I lock in, I usually lock in, but it just didn't keep me. I'm gonna try it again. It just, I think the Barbie movie also came out today. Look, the marketing for this Barbie movie, because it's everywhere. Every city that I've been in in the last four weeks, there's been some sort of Barbie marketing, some sort of Barbie collab. Everyone is talking Barbie, 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 Barbie. I want to know what the marketing budget is for this. They have spent money marketing this film. Not mad at it. And yet and still, I have no desire to see this film. I'm eventually going to watch it. It's going to come on either HBO or Netflix or one of the streamers at some point in time. And that's when I'll see it. I'm not going to the movie to watch the Barbie film. I'm just, I'm not. I know Issa's in it. Issa supports everybody black. I support Issa. I'm going to stream it. I might rent it. I'll do it in the comfort of my home. I'm not going to the theater to see the Barbie movie. I like pink. I like Barbie. I'm not going to the theater to see the Barbie movie. I'm just, I'm not. A lot of people are, though. A lot of people are very excited about this film, and I want them to be excited. I'm just telling you about my excitement level, is all. I saw the new episode of Sex and the City, the one that just came out. It's better than the other ones have been. The season is getting better. I think we're on episode four or five. For some reason, my um, Max.com is not working. Like, I actually have an official account. And it was working for a minute. And then all of a sudden, it's been like, Max is not available in your country. And I was like, it was available last week. Why is it not available now? So I started having to watch it on the bootleg site, which is fine. The quality is good, but still, it's just inconvenient. Like, I actually enjoy watching it on, like, you know, the platform. Like, I'm paying for it. I want to access it. I want to support the show. This is a better episode than usual. Um, If you haven't watched it, I'm about to give you two spoilers. Okay, go now. Okay, I'm, I'm going to give a spoiler now. My, Miranda and Shay, I'm so happy they broke up. Miranda and Steve, too. Let me talk about Miranda and Steve first. I was actually more outraged by that one. But Miranda tried to talk to Steve, and she was like, hey, so, like, my life is chaotic, and I've been trying to, you know, work around you and moving because, like, you know, I understand that I did you wrong, and you're trying to figure it out, and, you know, I'm trying to be considerate. But, you know, you got to figure out some shit. And Steve was like, move? Who's moving? I'm not moving. I'm sorry. Excuse me. What? And he was like, I built this shit brick by brick. I'm paraphrasing. But, but that's more or less what he said. He was like, yo, I built this kitchen. I put in these floors. I put in these appliances. Like, this is my house. And then Miranda had to remind him. And she was like, I mean, but it's my name on the mortgage. And I'm the one who pays it. So um, <clears throat> it's my house. <laughs> But Steve was like, I am telling you, I am not going. He cursed Miranda, clear the fuck out. And then Miranda tried to leave. 
I was yelling at the screen. I was like, go, 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 go. Set boundaries. Have a backbone. Go, go, go. And she didn't go. She and Steve ended up laying in the bed. And I was like, oh, God. They didn't, like, you know, have relations or anything. But Miranda's been running herself ragged a whole half a season. And we talked about this on a previous episode. We were talking about Iyanla and the woman. And the woman was like, I can't leave my husband even though he's doing me dirty because who's going to do X and who's going to do Y? And Iyanla was like, he's a grown-ass man. He'll figure it out. Miranda laying there talking to Steve, feeling all bad for him, and looks over and sees a condom wrapper on the dresser. And she was like, you been fucking somebody in our marital bed? And he was like, well, I mean, you moved on. Like, you know, you you have your your person. I've been, you know, having having people too. And she was like, are you kidding me? No. You running yourself ragged, wondering about, oh, poor Steve, poor Steve. What's he going to do? Fuck other people in your marital bed? That's what he going to do. Because that's what he did. That's when she finally had an aha moment. I told y'all. And she left Steve's house from the frying pan to the fire and went over to Che's house and was like, yeah, there's so much, blah, blah, blah. And Che was like, there is so much. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. And then Che broke up with her too. That's a bad day for her. Miranda had a very bad day. Charlotte, I feel like it's a cultural disconnect. Charlotte's daughter, she's 17. She announced she was ready to lose her virginity and she was planning to do it like either Wednesday or Saturday. One of those. She announced it to both her parents, and they were both just like, well, okay. Charlotte tried to go have, like, a little talk with her about, you know, like, safety and, like, emotional regulation and condoms and blah, blah, blah. And then she just kind of brushed her off, and I was like, I don't understand this parenting. I mean, I guess it's healthy. As opposed to telling your children nothing and just telling them, like, close their legs and, and just leave it at that. I mean, I guess this is the better version, but I was like, is there no middle ground? I mean, I guess it's good that she felt comfortable telling her parents she was ready to have sex. And then she's also like 17, which is late for a lot of people. But still, I was like, this, I find this jarring. Remember when Sex in the City first came back? And like an early episode, Miranda was like, yeah, I can hear by stunning his girlfriend having sex in his room. And I was like, look, teenagers, fuck, I totally get it. You can't be doing it in my house where I can hear it. If you don't sneak around like normal fucking people, get the fuck out of here. And then the big kicker with Charlotte this episode is Lily goes over to this boy's house. Neither one of them have condoms. And then she calls her mother and was like, hey, yeah, so can you bring me condoms so that I can have safe sex? Girl, what? If you can't get your own condoms, you don't need to be fucking. I'm just, it's just, just a fundamental, like 101. You want to do grown shit? Act grown. Grown people pay for their fucking condoms. They don't call their mother and be like, Mommy, can you run out in a snowstorm and get me condoms? And Charlotte did that shit, talking about it's a mother's love. No. Y'all ain't got no boundaries with your goddamn kids. I ain't a parent. I'm an auntie. <laughs> My babies are like five, though. I don't have to deal with this shit yet. But I'd be goddamn. Somebody called me talking about it's a snowstorm. I want to stay inside and fuck, but I ain't got no condoms. Could you go get them for me? Fuck you. You might want to watch Netflix and legitimately just chill. Or do some shit that don't require condoms. There's fun to be had. I'd be offended. I'd be offended if somebody called me asking that shit. Especially a child. You want me to do what? I'm already dealing with the idea of you fucking and now you out here asking me, can you go get my condoms for me? No. (sighs) Carrie, what was her storyline? The crux of it is she sent an email to Aiden 
Aiden is divorced, living in Virginia, and Carrie reached out. We know that, that she and Aiden are going to reconnect, which she didn't really like Aiden. Big was like her person. Maybe because Big is gone and we know he ain't coming back. Maybe Aiden actually stands a real chance. I doubt it. She wouldn't even put the man's ring on. Remember they got engaged and Carrie used to wear the ring on her necklace as opposed to her finger? And she cheated on him with Big. She wasn't really that into Aiden. He's good on paper. He's a likable guy. He's a nice guy. When you describe him to other people, he's the kind of guy that makes sense. But her heart was never really with him. He's safe. But he never really did it for her. He's a placeholder. Nia and her husband are trying to be friends. They're carrying on a text relationship. I was like, girl, I guess. Okay. Y'all been together forever. Y'all want to keep some connection for now? Because it's scary not to have one. Okay. Nothing else was very memorable. I was just really happy that Miranda and Shay broke up and Miranda and Steve. I was like, maybe Miranda can actually start acting like herself again. Because the last few episodes, I just... Oh, Nicole Ari Parker. Oh, all the women, actually. Or at least Miranda, Nicole, and Charlotte. And Che, too. Went out into the snow and looked really, really beautiful. Really gorgeous shots. I just They felt a little disjointed. I was like, y'all created this whole storyline so y'all could put these women in these fabulously warm outfits and have them go outside in the snow to create amazing visuals. This storyline wasn't really necessary. I don't feel like we've been building up in the show to winter is coming. All of a sudden, there was just this massive nor'easter and all the women, for various reasons, had to go outside. It looked good, though. Oh, Carrie went to WidowCon with that annoying woman who was like, you stood me up, you stood me up, you stood me up. Like, lady, if you really felt that way about her, that she was like, a t- that she was a flake, and you clearly still aren't over her standing you up because you felt like y'all could have created something huge and you didn't because of her. You should have just really invited somebody else. I mean, just, if that's how you feel. As opposed to inviting her and then trying to shame the fuck out of her because you still feel away. Ah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I watched Hijack. I was late going to the Divas exhibit because I was like, shit, I scheduled this thing for the morning. But I was like, hijack is out. I was like, I'm going to just have to be late. It was a timed exhibition. I was supposed to be there at like 12. And I showed up at 1 o'clock because I I had to watch hijack. I don't know why I really like this show. It's good and it's smart and it's well written. But like, it's so intense. Like, my heart literally beats fast when I'm watching this show. And then like, I have all this anxiety. Like, and I pause the episodes midway through because it gets like too much for me. I get so anxious. And I pause and then like, go get some water. I try to pace it out so I'm not just like fully like immersed in it. And then still, the very end of the episode, I won't tell you what happened in case you haven't seen it, but the very end of the episode, like I just, I I was screaming, no, 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 no. And then like this thing happened and I was like, oh, like the shit happened to me or some shit. I was like, oh my God, like this is too much. I'm so mad at Apple for not releasing these episodes and Apple doesn't, they never do. 
but I'm so mad about them not releasing these episodes as in bulk. I want to binge. My heart can't take it. My heart can't take week to week not knowing what happens. I was like, does Sabrina know that Idris Elba is up in the sky and being hijacked? Because we could really solve this right now. Sabrina would go get her own plane. I heard he was being hijacked. I could not leave him by himself. Remember Idris got COVID? He's one of the early celebs that announced he had COVID. He was in, I think, London. And Sabrina was in the States. And he called home and was like, Sabby, baby, I got COVID. Sabby was like, oh, no. Sabby got on the first thing smoking and went to take care of her man. Remember she told Oprah, she was like, I could not leave him by himself. I had to be by his side. That's when I was like, you know what? He made a good choice. Everybody was like, I can't believe Idris Elba got married. It should have been me. Congratulations. When she said that, and I was like, yeah, because I wasn't doing that shit. He married the right one. Remember Sabby told Oprah that she went overseas to be with him when he had COVID? And Oprah was like, mm-mm. Because Stedman didn't even have COVID. He came back, and I was like, you got to be in the guest house for two weeks. I ain't playing with you. It's that new love. <laughs> She's also married to Idris Elba. Not to say anything's wrong with Stedman. And Sabrina is the it. Like, she's turned into the it, but Idris is still the bag. Oprah's the bag. <laughs> Can't fuck up the bag. <laughs> she told Stedman, she said, you're going to have to stay in the guest house, Steady. And then filmed it on Instagram when she let him out the guest house. It was a nice guest house, though. Like, Oprah's guest house is the size of anybody else's, like, you know, very nice, well-appointed homes. It's not like Steady was living in squalor. But she was like, you're not coming into the big house <laughs> for two weeks. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sabby is like, there's hills and mountains between us. I will get over. Somebody told Sabby, like, yo, Idris Elba is up in the air on a hijacked plane, Sabby. What we going to do? Sabby be like, give me a plane. I'll fly it. I'm going to get my man. <laughs> she don't play about that man. Sabby girl, you need to come rescue Idris. He's been trapped up in this plane for five episodes with no end in sight. <sighs> <laughs> Clearly we're clowning today. Oh, God. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. We need to talk about old girl down in Alabama, Carly. Carly Russell. So last week's episode, you know, I said, you know, I feel like there's some untruths are being told. The story is not adding up. So press conference happens on Wednesday. Basically, your girl, girl Carly, is a lying liar who lied, which it was looking that way, and the police all but confirmed it. Like, they never called her a liar, but they were basically like, there's absolutely no information whatsoever that we can find to back up her claims. Additionally, they went through her search history, and they found she'd been Googling stuff about abductions. She Googled some movie Taken. She Googled something about Amber Alerts. So she had like, you know, kind of planned this out. I mean, terribly. But she had like a a loose plan in her head. She stole some toilet paper from her job. She picked up some takeout from a restaurant. I can't remember the name of it, but but some people who live in Alabama 
We're talking about it was real good food and it was expensive. In addition to her Target snacks, she took all of that with her when she disappeared. As of today, I'm recording this at 8.09 on Friday evening in London. Again, I'm five hours ahead of the East Coast. There's no word on what exactly happened during the 48 hours she was missing. She did speak to police and she gave them a version of events that they don't believe. She said something about like an orange haired man with a bald spot. She said the baby was a white toddler. She would have been better off going with the hallucinations. Didn't take my meds. This is my first break with reality. This is why people need lawyers and advisors. Also, it seems like she spoke to the police stands lawyer, which I was like, girl, you don't watch no court TV. You don't watch The Wire. You don't watch Scandal. You don't watch Murder, She Wrote, Matlock, like nothing. You don't watch no kind of crime TV. None at all. No law and order at all. She said they took her, but they didn't sexually assault her, but they made her take nude pictures. She said there were people living in the woods. I can't remember where she said they held her, but they transferred her to like an 18-wheeler. And they were feeding her Cheez-Its. It it was like bizarre shit. And I was like, girl, you was gone for a whole 48 hours. And at the point that you decided, okay, I'm going to go home now. You didn't think like, all right, I need to craft some sort of story that makes some sense. Like this just sounds like a toddler. Like you asked the toddler, who drew on the wall? And the toddler starts just lying. I was like, you have the lying capacity of a three-year-old. You didn't know till now you're not a good liar. Which means you need to be above board in your life. If you were a bad liar, then you don't need to do criminal shit. You had to know before this you couldn't lie. I don't understand. And clearly, like, she needed a break. There's some things that are going on in her life that she wants to escape from, which I think is a feeling that most adults, hell, teenagers, can relate to as well. Sometimes life becomes overwhelming and you just need an escape. But I'm like, you had a car. You had a little bit of money. You had some gas. I was like, why aren't you just Tracy Chapman fast car and go on a little adventure? I mean, you in Alabama. Just drive to Atlanta for the weekend. You was talking about you wanted to go to Nashville. She had Googled. That's also her Google search. She was searching for a bus ticket to Nashville. And I was like, girl, that was your escape, Nashville? You was going to move to Nashville and start a new life? Baby girl, dream bigger. There's so much more in the world. She wasn't even trying to go to like New York, LA, Atlanta. Miami, Dallas, girl, Nashville? I guess. I have a friend who lives in Nashville. She's a black girl. She's from New Jersey. She moved down there. She loves it. She absolutely loves it. I haven't been to Nashville in like 30 years. Maybe it's a new Nashville. Still. But I was like, if Nashville was all you wanted, why don't you just go to Nashville? You're a whole grown woman. You're 25 years old. Just get in the car and go. You don't need permission. Go to Nashville, call your parents and be like, hey, I ain't coming back no more. What they going to do? At the worst, report the car missing. They can't force you to come back. You grown. I just want to know why she did it. And I actually, I want to know because I'm nosy, but I actually don't want her to tell us if I'm being 100%. Like, I want to know because I'm super curious. Like, girl, you did all this for what? If any of this had to do with the man, which is what a lot of people are speculating. And they're probably right. But I was like, I swear for God, this better not be over a damn man. But I want to know why she did it. But also, I want her to go fix herself. Because clearly some shit is wrong. But I want her to go fix herself. And I want her to keep a low profile. I want her to go by her middle name 
and get a new last name and move to a big city and, and start her life over and pretend this shit never happened. That's what I really want for her. It's, it's what's best for her. Some professional help. Prayers, yes. And professional help. And then go restart your life somewhere else. She's 25 years old. Her name is going to forever be remembered, just like Tawana Brawley. I had much jokes about it yesterday, only because everyone's fine. She was returned in one piece. She did some dumb shit, but she's home safe and sound. Safe. Sound is a whole separate conversation. I've seen several people talk about, like, nobody's going to look for black women now. Like, they were barely looking for us before. And then now, like, they took a chance and they looked and and now they're not going to do it. That's not on Carly. That's on racism. That's on systemic racism. That's not on Carly. She didn't create the environment in which so many black women are taken. So many black women are missing. And then there's a, there's a lack of interest, a lack of care, a lack of overall care and concern to find missing black women. This existed before Carly. This is not something that she created. And it's not as if her story was actually true. And it happened as it said she did and the evidence panned out that there was suddenly going to be an increase in like, oh my gosh, well now we have to go find all these missing black women that we've ignored for decades because this one was telling the truth. Mainstream-wide, police department-wide, everyone is aware that black women are missing. As a country, we have prioritized the concern for blonde white women and children first and foremost, and then non-blondes after, and then white men And then, you know, everybody else, as we may feel like it and if we have the time. That's not Carly's fault. And Carly, whether she lied or whether she told the truth, like, you could put a lot on the girl. Wasting the resources of the Alabama PD, triggering and traumatizing her community, that's on her. The systemic racism of Black women's abductions or or Black women's kidnapping or Black women missing and how for years, for decades... It hasn't been a priority for law enforcement. That's not on her. Stop putting that on her. There's enough on her. She's fucked up in enough ways. You got enough to blame her for. She is worthy to be blamed for. But that part, not so much. Also, I've been seeing people talk about what they think should happen to Carly. The same thing that happened to white women that lie. Most of the time, don't shit happen to them. I heard about a story the other day where a woman was fined. She lied about missing... And they made her pay restitution to cover the cost of folks searching for her. I think that's fair. But that's also a rare case. Usually when white women lie about shit, they get everybody in a frenzy. They cost everybody a ton of money. And then like, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, she was dealing with a lot. We just going to give her a pass. You know, tell her not to do that shit again. Slap on the wrist. I think that's what should happen to Carly. Is there other stuff this week? I feel like that story dominated the news cycle. I saw Shannon Sharp is in talks to go to ESPN. Um, Club Shay Shay. I actually might have to start watching that because he comes up a lot on this podcast and I clearly like him. I need to actually engage in his work. But he's in talks to go over to ESPN. You know, he left his last job. He and his co-anchor, that wasn't working out too well. So he was like, I'm out. And I said at the time, he'll be all right. Um, I would like to see him land at ESPN. Like whatever, he's going to land somewhere. It's just a matter of where. But ESPN would be a good look for him, I think. Like, I think he'll do good wherever he goes. He just needs, like, a platform that can amplify him, really. That's not everything, but it's things. It's enough. All right. We'll talk on Tuesday. I think I'm going to stay in London. I'm trying to stay in London. <laughs>
But if it's raining, mm, we'll see. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.